Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Oh, Yates got my head bopping. What? <laughs> yeah. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance, coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Yo, Key, can I tell you something? No. Well, I'm going to tell it to you <laughs> anyway. There it goes. <laughs> Yo, we're in the middle of March Madness. Uh-huh. We still got the NBA playoffs that are about to come our way. And I got to tell you, I am hyped about football season. Yeah. Like, I can't wait. Every <laughs> day like, is something new. That is, is this is, – because I haven't been around – I mean, I've been around football, obviously, for a long time, my cousin David Tyree and stuff. But I'm just saying in general – is this one of the craziest years, like past year and a half, that you guys have in football for a long time? I mean, every yeah, – yeah, yes, to answer that, yes. But every single year is something weird happening every year, right? Last year, what did we do? Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, blah, 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 blah. And then whatever happened the year before that, the year before that. One of the things when I first got into the television broadcasting space, Tom Jackson said to me, one thing I will never – lack is content i will mm. never lack content in the offseason don't you ever worry the nfl is 24 7 seven days a week 365 days it does I mean, feel it does crazy feel like you know what to me feels like it changed quarterback movement and decisions like quarterbacks to me feel more empowered so let me give you an example aaron Rodgers is going to make a choice he was going to make a choice he chose to stay tom brady retired then he came back probably because he found out he couldn't go anywhere right Russell Wilson got traded. That happened. That's very unusual. A quarterback as good as Russell Wilson, still really good, getting traded. Hold up. Deshaun Watson? has there, There's never been a quarterback in the history of football in the middle of his prime that good who got traded. It happened. And now Matt Ryan. It's just like, like there's so many guys on the move. Teams just don't care about the dead cap anymore. They're just willing to do it. By the way, from an NBA guy, you're welcome. You're welcome, NFL. Yeah, you're right. Like, all this movement, Key, like, this is what we see in the NBA all the time, and now I feel like the NFL is following suit with all the quarterback movement. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's different than it's been in the past for quarterbacks, right? I mean, QBs typically, if they're good, they retire with a team, or they're on the last little leg. I mean, like, literally holding on to tree branches for dear life before they move on. But you're seeing all this movement with all these different guys, which is fascinating in itself. And then all the pass rushers have to go to the AFC West because you got the quarterbacks, and it's just exciting. So Matt Ryan was traded to the Colts. That leaves, ready for this, Tom Brady as the longest-tenured starting quarterback in the NFC South. He's looking at these dudes in the NFC South now going... Man, back in the old days in this division, <laughs> Tom Brady is the <laughs> longest tenure guy. Uh, Jason, yeah, because what is it? It's three years, right? It'll be three in September. Yeah. yeah. And then Jameis uh, wasn't starting all that time. No. He just signed two years, 28. Sam Darnold, we're trying to figure out whether that's going to be a spot for Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. I think they'll stay with Sam, Sam Darnold. Well, and still Marcus Cam Mariota. was there before. Yeah, yeah, and then Marcus Mariota. And Marcus Mariota, yep. It's it's like it's a lot of movement. Um, no one Tom's gonna play until he's fifty if the division keeps looking like this. Jason, like uh, Bucks GM, listen to this at the press conference about Brady's return and how it affected the team. When you have a player like Tom, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, not player. You know, players want to play with a guy like that. So 
Um, you know, it certainly helped. Um, I can't lie. Uh, we, you know, we've got the ultimate cheat code with Tom. So that brings us um, to this key. First of all, Brady makes a decision, right? Because he's, well, he's upstaging March Madness. No, he's, he's trying to help him out with, you know, attracting players, bring, put the band back together. But, Key, who has an easier road to the playoffs? Is it Brady or Aaron Rodgers looking at these divisions now? Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. I know. I, I was just thinking out loud to myself yeah. real quick. It's, it's uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Chicago, Detroit, and Minnesota with new coach and Kirk Cousins. I mean, I, I get it. Kirk Cousins is serviceable, whatever. But their team is – no. It's it's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. When you look at Tom Brady, the Carolina Panthers, when they were playing good at the beginning of the season, Christian McCaffrey was in the lineup. And Sam Darnold looked like, oh, my God, we were sitting there going, the Jets screwed it up. Then it went south as soon as McCaffrey got hurt. Atlanta's Atlanta. Marcus Mariota goes with Arthur Smith, who was there with him in Tennessee. That's what that is. Jameis Winston signs back with the New Orleans Saints, who's loaded on the defensive side and the offensive side of the ball. They'll get another receiver to complement Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And Jameis was 5-2 as a starter before his ACL injury and looked like a different quarterback. You can't tell me that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not looking at that and going, we thought it was going to be easy but I believe it's gotten harder. Yeah, Jay, the, the Bears, like, they may have a future with Justin Fields. I don't know if the future is now. You know, Minnesota is what they are. You know, like, yeah. They are what they are. But, but Jameis. You're always hating on Minnesota. But ja- Jameis, <laughs> being an understudy to Drew Brees with Sean Payton there, did like, he always had a lot of talent. He refined it, and I thought, oh, look at Jameis Winston. I'm with it. Once Jameis gets back, the Saints, who always play the Bucks tough, right? Yes. Now, yes. Yeah, yeah. Now Absolutely. have a guy. They have a guy. Yeah. I, I mean, just, but does easier equate to having a better chance at winning it all? Like, is that how you guys look at it? Because for me, I, I'd much well, rather you, be, hold on, okay, I'd much rather be battle tested consistently throughout the course of the season than just have an easier schedule because I think that makes you more ready for the playoffs. So, Easy doesn't equate to. Are you hey, saying that's Rogers' issue? That it's too easy a pass? It feels like it is sometimes. Is that a? It thing feels like you don't get challenged. Like we always talk about this in basketball, college basketball. We're in March Madness. I'll give you an example. Gonzaga. Can you always go hard at Gonzaga? Well, they never get challenged throughout the regular season, so they beat up on teams to a degree. People inflate their ego, tell them how good they are. Then when they get to the tournament, they're facing dogs. So my thing is, I much rather face dogs throughout the course of the season so I could be game ready. Is, is that a thing in the NFL, Key? Like, I think of Tom Brady. They had a free pass to the AFC Championship game usually because it was a weak division. So they had a home playoff game. They win that. They're in the AFC Championship game. But is that a thing if you're not you, tested during the year? Hey, Coach, yeah. you just answered your own question. Mm-hmm. Think about what you just said. They in the weak AFC East. Mm-hmm. Easier path. And what did they do? <laughs> Ran things. <laughs> Ran shop on everybody for however many years with an easier path. Yeah. You want to take the easiest path as possible to get to the – why would you want to make it hard on yourself? Because Who Rogers, does that? Okay, it just Rogers, doesn't feel like it's equated to championships for Rodgers like it did for Brady. Well, it, that may be Rodgers' fault. Not oh, you, you understand yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, that I may agree. be on Aaron, okay. not on – so Tom went through – 
Tom Brady went through the New Orleans Saints, no, Washington, New Orleans, and Packers. Green Bay yep. to get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. In Green Bay, by the way. And beat a New Orleans team that beat them twice in the regular season. And a Washington team that had a good defense. And a Washington team that had a good defense. If that's not hard, then I don't know what else to say. Yeah, and Rodgers had the bye, though. Like, that's why this is on Rodgers, guys. He, not to make this a Rodgers conversation, because to me what's interesting is the Jameis Winston stuff, but Rodgers had the bye. Rodgers was the guy set up with the home games, with the whole thing, and he couldn't get it done. And, 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 and as opposed to Tom Brady, who, and Key just took you through it, had to go through the gauntlet to get there and did it and beat Rodgers to get there. I think a lot of that's on Rodgers. Uh. And by the way, who is it? Marcus Spears recently was was talking about that. I mean, it, it, we're 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 still not kind of teetering with throwing Aaron Rodgers' name in the goat conversation, right? Like up there, because for me, when I see Tom Brady make it an impact that he's constantly giving money back to make sure that his team is well weaponized, and I'm seeing the attrition that's happening for Green Bay, I'm starting to look at it like uh, this conversation is starting to become very, very, very distant. I'll tell you one thing, Key, if. Uh, if I know we got to get out of here for us to pay some bills and get back, but if if uh, Key hates when I say pay pay bills, the nineteen eighties radio. <laughs> but if Patrick Mahomes does wind up winning a couple more Super Bowls coming out of that division, uh, then then we got to <laughs> we got to reevaluate his place in history already. As tough as that looks, a little different than the AFC East that Brady dominated. You know that you can listen to Keyshawn J Will and Max commercial free. That's right, you can listen to all your favorite ESPN radio shows much more without ads on TuneIn. The best audio app for sports fans. Just download TuneIn app and get started. Matt Ryan goes to the Colts. Where does that leave Baker? And what kind of incentive might the Browns need to add to the deal to trade Baker? That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com Keyshawn, j will and max Keyshawn, j will and max espn radio sirius xm channel 80 diana russini espn nfl reporter with us good morning diana good morning guys how you doing what up good morning, what up? good morning so we are presented by progressive insurance and diana russini is giving you the straight talk brought to you by straight talk wireless no contract no compromise mm-hmm. how did this matt ryan deal get done diana well, it goes back to last week when they were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. We know Atlanta was they were going they were all in trying to make this work. And they were really communicative with Matt Ryan. They they handled it, I think, as professionally as you possibly could as an organization. They called Matt last Sunday. They said, Look, we're gonna go for Deshaun Watson here. 
Um, we we, we kind of want your blessing on this. Uh, we, we, you're our guy. You know, you've been here 14 years. You mean a lot to the city. But we need to think future. Uh, and, and this has got to be something we're going to consider here because Deshaun Watson is is the, the caliber of quarterback that they're looking for in ter- for taking over for a guy like Matt Ryan. And they said, look, we're going to we're to probably trade you. You know, let's have a conversation about some teams you'd want to play for. And they communicated that. And then they went after Deshaun Wednesday. They flew down, met with him, met with his entire team. And Thursday, he chose the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> so then the Atlanta Falcons have to go back to Matt Ryan and say, well, we didn't get our gal. So we love you again. Um, and, you know, and I think at that point, both sides realized maybe a breakup is is good. It's, it's probably good to move on here. And from, from what I understand, I'm not sure Matt Ryan was completely sold on leaving Atlanta. Think about this. This is, all, this is the only place he's played. This is where he at least had some success. Uh, he has family there, obviously. And on this past Sunday, so two days ago, discussions with the Colts started to heat up. Indy is in. They, they want to trade for him, even though – because that was the place he was going to wind up if mm-hmm. Atlanta uh, was able to, to get Deshaun Watson. So – it, it really picked up steam Sunday night. Monday morning, uh, I had heard from talking to, to, to all three sides that there, it looked like it wasn't going to happen, that there was maybe an issue, that, that Matt Ryan was going to get cold feet in all this. But in the end, he felt that he, with the roster this indie team has, this is a place he can go and win. But you see, Di, the more I hear you reveal the backstory behind Matt Ryan and how the Falcons and how the Colts engaged, how everybody handled it, it, it brings me back to, oh, there are adults in the room. And it just it, it becomes more of a poor reflection on what I've seen with Cleveland and Baker. But w- with that being said, I'm curious, where do you think this puts the Colts in the AFC right now? Jay, I'm really glad that you used that comparison because you're seeing two completely different organizations yes. handle a quarterback that they're supposed to value. And the the minute I had heard Atlanta was in on Deshaun, uh, the first question I had asked from people in the Falcons organization is, how does Matt feel about this? You know, how, you're, you're just going to go out here and flirt with another quarterback in front of him? And it said, well, he knows. He's mm. aware. And, and right then I knew that Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot, they were going to do this the right way. They were going to have that hard conversation and communicate where I saw in Cleveland. And, and look, I'm, I've heard two versions in Cleveland. I've heard, yes, they talked to the agents. I, you know, and I spoke those to, to those close to Baker Mayfield, including his agent. And they shared that Cleveland never called them, never said, today we're going after Deshaun Watson. And they, they felt obviously betrayed there. Wow. And, and you're seeing how that has turned into it, – it's an ugly divorce. Either way, it's all ugly, right? I mean, you look at the Matt Ryan situation, and, and it's, it's a little sad, right? It just, this just ended. It's like, oh, he's gone? Oh, Matt Ryan's not in Atlanta anymore? But, you know, if he can resurge his career and have a shot, I think – Indy's the actual the best place for him. From a football point of view, I think it's not. I th- Matt, if Matt Ryan has something left, we'll find out right now because he's going into a much better situation than I would think than the Falcons. Uh, oh yeah. Listen to Adam Schefter, key because we're on the topic. I want to play this sound on Baker Mayfield, and and what Adam had to say about the Browns and Baker right now. They will not be able to get very much for him, not because he's not a good quarterback, but because he's under contract for a fully guaranteed $18.9 million. They have to get rid of him. There aren't many teams that need him. Everybody knows they have to move on from him, and so they're stuck. There was one team that they had a conversation with this weekend, and the Browns offered him, and uh, they asked for a certain pick, 
And, and the, the team said in return, how about you give me that pick for taking on his contract? Oh, how the mighty have fallen. What are you hearing, Dan? <laughs> mighty have fallen. Guys, this is a, a, a season ago. This guy was a top 10 quarterback. He ranked ninth in QBR, Tom Brady, eighth, Derek Carr, 10th, right? He was right in the mm. mix of it. And now here we're talking about the number one overall pick, the most successful quarterback to play in Cleveland in the last few decades, and he has no home. And some of it's timing. Some of it was just bad timing because of how quickly Carson Wentz moved to Washington, for example. Um, but at this point right now, from what I understand, there's nothing going on with Baker. Of course, there's always going to be teams watching. Nobody wants to pay, as, as you heard Schefter uh, allude to there, at least report, that teams don't want to pay that price and they don't want to give up draft picks for Baker Mayfield. So if you were to ask my opinion of how I think this is going to unfold – I think Baker Mayfield and his camp are going to hold out. They're, going, they're not going to go to workouts. He's going to stay in this Cleveland roster, right? He's not going to go to workouts. He's going to sit out. And then eventually the Browns are going to go, all right, enough of this. We're going to cut you. We're going to eat the money. They're going to cut him. And then Seattle's going to swoop in and go, okay, you're cheap. Now we'll take you. And we're going to have you compete with that Pete Carroll mentality of, of let's go. Let's go see who the best man out there is, including the quarterback, and have him compete against Drew Locke. And, and, and I think that's probably how it could play out as one option. You know, Diana, it's interesting that you say cut him. They don't necessarily have to cut him. They can take a, a, a low pick, right? They can take a low pick, take something back in exchange and return. They also can have Cleveland eat a lot of that money and pay some of his salary if he truly wants to go to Seattle. He doesn't want to be cut. That's the last thing that he wants to be. I think when you look at it, though, on the surface and the landscape, Diana, who who is he better than, Right. Is he better than the veteran quarterbacks? If you scour the National Football League, the veteran quarterbacks, the starters, with big contracts, he's not better than them. Is he better than the young guys that are there on cheaper contracts that teams just drafted a year, two, three years ago? He's not better than them. So really, he only has two spots, potentially Carolina, Mm -hmm. potentially Seattle. Seattle is a perfect situation for Baker Mayfield because Pete likes that kind of, like you said, that fiery competition kind of guy that wants to prove things to people, much like Russell Wilson did when he first was selected by Seattle in the third round. So Seattle, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm begging Seattle to come get me, and I'll do whatever it takes to go to Seattle. Yeah, the idea that he's not better than Sam Darnold and Drew Locke in my opinion, is ridiculous. This guy won 11 games. He took them to the second round of the playoffs when their defense was ranked 27th. You know, this isn't somebody that, look, at at times, and Key, I think you'd agree, the pieces around Baker helped him a lot. When their run game was on, that's when he was at his best. But I, I just can go back to whenever I'd have to prepare for my Sunday games and my reports for Sunday NFL countdown and the night before the game, I'd always try to get the defensive coordinator of the opposing team on the phone to just get some insight on how they're approaching this uh, Cleveland offense. And I would consistently get Baker Mayfield is the type of quarterback that's got that juice. He's got a competitiveness. You can't sit back on him. And and I think we can all agree he has something to him. Mm-hmm. It's just really, I think, discovering it. Perhaps it could be like a Ryan Tannehill situation, right? He goes somewhere, he sits behind a starter, and he competes, wins out, and Ryan's sitting pretty at this I, by point. By the way, the, the something... Of, go ahead, Ski, sorry. I was going to say, I think one of his biggest problems, though, in all of this, Diana, as you know, it's his personality. 
Mm-hmm. Coaches in the National Football League, they like their quarterbacks a certain way. Like, like, like they don't like guys that play the quarterback position to put themselves in a separate box. They want them to be a me first. I mean, not a me first guy, but a team guy. They want him to be the first one in the locker room, last one out. They don't want to hear anything about, oh, he needs to grow up. When you start worrying about those sort of things with your quarterback, that quarterback's probably not for you. When you start worrying about how many commercials, what's more important, winning is the important thing that coaches want to hear. And Baker Mayfield has now taken on a reputation that doesn't fit well for an NFL starting quarterback. So I think a little bit of that is hurting him as well. Oh, I, I absolutely agree, and and and, and I, I know that as, as as a fact. When you have conversations with GMs around the league who were in the quarterback market just a few weeks ago and didn't bite on Baker, and and, and this isn't a, a thought where they don't think he can play, but there is some of that. There is some of the issues of, of Baker's maturity. We heard Chris Mortensen, um, you know, report that w- what they were saying in Cleveland that they wanted an adult, and, and look, those were some strong words, but. There, there's there's truth to there's a lot of truth to that and and I think this could be a situation where you know maybe Baker reflects on this this could be a humbling moment for him um and and I do think there's enough people in the NFL that believe Baker Mayfield can, can get back up on top I was gonna ask that is maybe an ignorant question but let's say Seattle doesn't take Baker Mayfield like will we see him as a starter again in the NFL I personally think he's he's still a starter. I, I do. I, I hear, think, but the fact that we're even we're even having to have this conversation just blows my mind about him being a starter. The fact that a number one overall pick yes. just a few years ago, and we're when there's a question mark right now that we're top ten QBR a year ago, as you said. Yeah. By the way, you, you mentioned the things he. It's not that this happens with Burrow sometimes. Like he has that thing. Yeah, but you know what the thing is? He can throw. He can run. He can. Baker Mayfield has a good, strong, accurate arm. He, I think he reads defense as well. There are a lot of quarterbacks, like I don't know that Mac Jones or Tua's or Zach Wilson or Drew Locke or Sam Darnold or Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins, by the way. I know a lot of people are better than – I don't know that they're better than Baker, but we're talking about he's not good enough to overcome what people see as a personality problem mm-hmm. now, huh? I mean, look – the can you have to give people the benefit of the doubt that they can mature and grow? How many times have we heard players, Jay? You probably yeah. feel that way. You yes. reflect back on your youth uh, when you were your early days of playing. Key, I'm sure you can weigh in on this, where you make decisions and you just don't know any better. And, and sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom, a slap in the face. Like, I mean, this has got to be hard for him. This has to be hard for his family. Well, the way this has gone about, because at this point right now, where is he going to be playing this? Summer, I I don't know the answer. I think he will be playing for somebody. And you you mentioned how hard it is when you're the number one overall pick. It's a lot of pressure, and and you're used to winning when you come from college. Uh, number one picks usually win in college. That's why they become the number one pick. Baker Mayfield won in college. I won in college. Going to the New York Jets, it was a blessing to get Bill Parcells. Like it was like, oh my God, this is this is something totally different. So if I didn't get Bill Parcells in my career, who knows where my career would have gone. But I think Baker Mayfield had an opportunity to work with Kevin Stefanski and be in a good organization, but he handled it wrong because he allowed his feelings to get involved in a situation where clearly Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than him, and he didn't seem to understand that. So he allowed his feelings to get involved, opposed to saying – Okay, I get it. I understand it. 
why don't you guys just move on from me and trade me, not posting, not tweeting out, stay away from that, and just eat humble pie and move on. Mm-hmm. That's saying, what he should have done. I, I'm not defending him, but if my organization doesn't reach out to me and I don't feel like there's respect by saying the way the Falcons handle Matt Ryan, I, I feel like I hold a little bit of a grudge. Yeah. Five yeah. years, 15 years, though, Jay. I, no, I, I feel you, brother. I feel you. But, I mean, with the kind of respect that they showed him earlier, I, I don't know. Keith, the great Bill Parcells once told me, you take the emotions out of business decisions and you can have success. Exactly. Go. Diana exactly. Rossini, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Diana. The Browns are moving on from Baker, that's right, after acquiring Deshaun. But is Deshaun Watson still a top-five quarterback in the AFC? My answer after SportsCenter. Fresh 14 for the Lakers. As LeBron just say elevates and just hammers it. <laughs> that dunk on the late Kevin Love on Spectrum Sports as part of LeBron's triple double in a 131-120 win over the Cavs in Cleveland. Rest in peace, Kevin Love. LeBron posted his third career triple double against the Cavs, making him the sixth player with three plus triple doubles against his former team. Meantime, KD passed Hall of Famer Jerry West on the NBA's career scoring list as the Nets beat the Jazz 114-106. Nets improved to 30 and 15 in games with KD this season compared to 8 and 19 without him, leading me to the conclusion that he is a good basketball player. And Notre Dame scored 108 points to beat Oklahoma 108-64 and advanced to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA Women's Tournament. Notre Dame coach Neil L. Ivey and son Jaden Ivey, who plays for Purdue, both advanced to the Sweet 16. We're talking about these stories and more on this just in today, 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Sports Center is brought to you by Mako. There are scratches, there are dents, and unexpected natural events. If life throws you uh ohs, just say, better get Mako and go to Mako.com to get an online estimate today. All right. Mm-hmm. Top five mm-hmm. AFC quarterbacks mm-hmm. from five to one. Number That's- five. Deshaun Watson's at five. Uh, he might be higher than that, right? But I have him in the top five. We'll see how, le- how long his suspension is and all that. Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow have come up in the world, and I may have to reshuffle this list if Deshaun gets on the field. But right now, I have him at five. Number four. Josh Allen, I'll say it again, is a cyborg sent from the future to destroy Patrick Mahomes and came very close to doing it. This guy is Unbelievable. Um, he's a top five quarterback. Number three. Look, do I have a, a little man crush on uh, Justin Herbert? Yes, it's true. But there's a reason for that. Amazing. Again, you know, in fourth downs, the best in the league. Against pressure, best in the league in his first and second years. He's entering his third year and probably on a better team. I have him the third best guy in the, in the conference. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Joe Burrow. I mean, when push comes to shove, there's only one guy in the NFL where if I have a team and we're just choosing guys up, I'm not taking I'm taking over this dude. Joe Burrow is the best player in college, the best season ever, the best championship game ever. The first time he was healthy in the NFL, he came one throw away from winning the Super Bowl. And if you take Aaron Donald off the field, I'm telling you, he hits Jamar Chase. That game's a wrap. Number one. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yeah, Mahomes is just uh, – you give him a half a chance, it's impossible. This dude is impossible. That's my top five. 
888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. One Mahomes, two Burrow, three Herbert, four Josh Allen, five Deshaun Watson. Who did I leave off the list? Baker Mayfield. And, yes, I, well, no, that's a fact, and, Jay. I did leave him off the list. Yes. Well, you asked the question. Yeah, that's, that's off the list. Facts, facts. You, you, left, you left the reigning ESPN. MVP off the list. Lamar. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not reigning, but once MVP. I did. Yeah, that, that's it's tough. tough. Someone well, had Lamar's to in another world. <laughs> See, I, yeah, I but he's still it. in the world of top five. I know, I know we want to make him the quarterback. He is a quarterback, and he can throw the football and all that, but he's so special and dynamic and precious that I put him and Kyler Murray off to the side because you got to handle them with white gloves. It's it's just different with those two guys. Plus he's hurt. Plus he's hurt, right? You know, like for the first time he oh he was he was Lamar was remarkably durable, especially given his style to start his career. But last year he got banged up. Yeah, last year Deshaun Watson didn't play. That's why, but no question. But I had Deshaun above Lamar when they were both active. So I still have Deshaun. Yeah, that, that would be that would be accurate. Yeah, that would be accurate. <laughs> well, I'm not making it a battle between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. I'm just saying, but it's it does feel like there's a little bit of disrespect there for a guy that played that single handedly. It felt like kept Baltimore in the playoff hunt until he did get hurt. Who are you leaving off? I don't know. If Lamar is in. That's I know. My problem I'm too. struggling with it too. I'm just I'm just trying to tell you how it feels. No, I'm not yeah. saying I would replace him. I don't know. No doubt. It's just a he's a different he's a he's just a different type of athlete for me um these guys all fit more in the traditional style quarterback room where Lamar is so special that he gets his own box everybody else got to share boxes he gets his own box and and if you wanted to extend it to most diamond dynamic player blah 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 then Lamar falls in there last year he got injured I don't they that that doesn't mean anything to me he got injured last year uh, this year, I think he bounces back. I think he has a great year. What I would have done, though, with the list, Max, is I, I would have taken Deshaun and put him at two. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, he didn't play last year, Key. True. But the last time I saw him a season ago, or two seasons ago, I'm sorry, two seasons ago, on a Texas team that was eh, with a coach that was eh, now he's on a Cleveland team, much better team. Much better team, Max. I think He goes to number two. I'm glad you brought that up, Key, real quick. So Matt, uh, right in the middle of this segment, I wasn't listening to anything you guys were saying. I apologize. Mike Tannenbaum just FaceTimed me because he's so angry about something that was not brought up in the last segment with Diana Rossini. So I need to bring this up. Key, you brought up Watson. If the um, Browns have to eat Baker Mayfield's contract, right, like that $18 million, so then it's going to be like $63 million for Deshaun Watson for next year alone. Is that worth it? for like 10 or 12 games to know that you have your franchise quarterback for the next nine years after that. No brainer. Yes. No brainer. Yeah, I agree. I said to Mike, you know, if you ever had a franchise quarterback, you would know how valuable they are. The problem is this, Key. Key to or he wouldn't be. Never mind. Why are you jab, Why are you jabbing your guest, Evan? I told him that he Facetimed me in the middle of my job. I told him what I just said on it. Key, here's the thing I to me to about why. Like they gave. First of all, Deshaun was in the middle of a big contract, right? He got yeah. out of it. Uh, Tim Hasselbeck brought this up on this just in yesterday. He got out of it and got two hundred thirty fully guaranteed. As soon as he signs, fully well, guaranteed. Well, he got. Yeah, but but you got to remember, he got about forty eight million dollars of new money. New money, right. To the contract, then got it fully guaranteed. But that's all part of the situation that uh, LaShawn, Deshaun is in in terms of 
the power that he has at the moment. You only you only worth what they're gonna give you. But Keith, and they is, were willing to give him that. This is what I'm saying. When you add the dead cap hit, if they if they get rid of Baker, right? If they're willing to eat all that, which is what Mike T is talking about, how much yes. Cleveland's willing. To me, this is the first time in history a guy as good as Deshaun in the middle of his prime has ever been available, right? So Cleveland is here saying we have a chance just to purchase with dollars and draft picks a sure thing, they think, on the field at least, right? That's why the price is so high, right? They're yeah. like, oh, we just keep adding money? Okay, we'll just keep adding and money. He's, he's, what, 27? Yep. So everybody says 10 years. That's 37 if my math is correct. But I'm going to give him into 40s. So I'm going to give him more than 10 years. I'm going to give him like 13 years that you can have him, 14 years you can have him as your quarterback. That's what I'm doing. The way he plays and that style, and and as Mike brings up, again, FaceTiming me in the middle of the show, this is a guy who had a non-contact injury as a torn ACL his first season. So, So Mike wanted me to clarify he loves you guys. He hates the trade for the Browns. Well, he, wow, worked I, the, I, he, he worked I, once upon a time for the Browns. I'm not listening to Mike Tannen. But here's, here's what's the, crazy about Mike. I have about questions Mike. about the trade in, in oh. other ways, but, I mean, from a football perspective, how, how, do you, how do you hate the trade for the Browns? I want to bring something up so I know Mike T is listening. Mike T, you have said so many times, he's the leading proponent, once you identify a, what, who you believe is a franchise quarterback, Mike T would have done whatever it took. Now, l- let's leave Deshaun's – I can't leave it alone. 22 open civil cases alleging serious things. So, so for Deshaun. So I don't know if Mike T would say, yes, that's the guy I want to leave my franchise. But let's say he would. Let's say he's saying, look, I'm in the business of winning games. So I'm, gonna, I'm going to look past that. Mike T would be the one adding zeros to the contract if he had to, showing up wherever he had to. Deshaun Watson's on the moon. Great. Mike T is taking a rocket ship to the moon to give him the contract. Mike T, what are you talking about? This is from Mike, your playbook. Mike, Mike Tannenbaum is going to do whatever the owner says to do. Oh, you guys are bottom Mike, line. Mike, call into the show, defend bottom yourself. Line, I don't like that the these same guys thing, are the jabbing same, you. The same thing Andrew Berry did as the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. He did exactly what the Haslam family, the wife and the husband who owned the team, wanted to do, which was get a quarterback that they like that can help them get to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Mike T would have done the same thing. Mike T. At some point, can I read this out? He texted me. Mike T is making his argument. He doesn't like aggressive becoming reckless. But you know what? I don't know. You can't have it both ways, Mike T, either. There's no price too high to pay once you identify the guy where there is. And maybe the Browns just broke through the Mike T barrier. Have to pay some bills, Max. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. The Dollar Shave Club six blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. Tim Legler giving the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Morning, Tim. Morning. I wish I felt as good in the morning right now as LeBron did last night. Oof. You know, my body doesn't feel nearly as good. And all I did was sleep. Well, he's played in the league for like six years. What the hell are he, we he, seeing? He looks like he looks like now he can play in his mid forties, like Tom Brady. Like these guys are completely redefining what we consider to be old for an athlete. Yeah, and he did what it. I saw last night. It just defied logic. He's been fantastic for a while now, right? This run he's been on, but last night in particular. He was playing with the bounce of a 25-year-old. Legs, that's why this morning I said Dan Gilbert needs to pull him and Rich Paul in the damn room and sit there and say, what percentage of the Cavs do you want? And Rich Paul, do you want to run this organization one day? Because what I'm watching right now, what I'm witnessing is something I've never seen before. Not only could you play the tail end of your career here, and not only could we draft Bronny James, whatever you want to do, we could figure it out. But what he brings to a franchise, that dunk he had last night, his head was above the rim at 37 years old, Legs. Why yeah. wouldn't you make that move if you're Dan Gilbert? It's a good question. I mean, one of, you know, one of the things I think about with something like that, you, you know, and you, look, you've been around enough people in this industry to know, like, the biggest egos maybe I've ever met are people that own teams. So, like, you know, mm. is there still some carryover from, from that? You know, what Gilbert and LeBron went through. Maybe LeBron James wants a fresh start with a completely different organization whenever he goes down that road. But what's interesting about all of this is prior to this year, it was easier to envision LeBron in that role. Like, right now, I'm looking at LeBron James and saying, well, at what point is this guy going to be willing to walk away from the game when he's, when he's playing at this level and he looks this way Leading physically. the league and scoring efficiently. But that's my point. This is leverage, Legs. Yeah. Because he's playing at this level, okay, like, what, what's going on here, L.A.? What are we doing? Are you guys aren't making the right moves? Where do I want to take my talents somewhere that I can have leverage because of how I'm playing that can lead to an equity stake within the team? Maybe he becomes the, next, the, uh, the first player coach in the league. Since oh, who no. did that last? Bill Russell? Bill, Bill Russell. Russell. Coach like the that. Lakers and play. That's LeBron's next move. Man. Right? I mean, he's been doing it his whole career anyway. I mean, he's coaching <laughs> these teams. Come on, let's be honest about it. Let's just actually make him the player coach, though, and see based how that on would go legs, Based on what you saw last night, how, how, how much longer do you think LeBron can keep this up? I know you don't want to put a number on it, but I'm like, he can't do this past 39, 40. Well, can't do it. Even, even, even more uh, pressing key is this. And I don't know that they're even going to make it into a, a best of seven this year. I mean, they might go home in the play-in format. They might be sent home. But assuming that they made it out and somehow they got into a best of seven, one of these top teams in the West, to ask him to do this every other night against an elite defense. Like, that's going to be the thing that's going to wear him down. Because right now, 
as great as he's playing, he's getting these teams that have had like one shoot around to even talk about LeBron James. So, and he feels fresh. Sometimes you get two nights off between games right now. You're playing some mediocre defenses right now. All that goes away. So uh, I think that's the next challenge. Like, can he do this at this level as a scorer against an elite level defense in a best of seven series and actually like maybe make that interesting, take it to a game six or seven, or maybe even win a series that I'm not exactly sure about. I think right now what he feels is a regular season run where he feels great physically and he's playing a lot of teams that are not great defensive teams right now. I also think who, 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 personnel wise, who's on this team? Cause I would just say, all right, LeBron, like, Let's play a more of a power forward position. You're an elite passer. You catch the ball in transition, make your plays, but kind of make him one of those passers where he's a little bit more aggressive, but from the power forward. Yeah, position. no, I like it. And I think, you know, he said last night he's having the time of his life. And the reason he said it, Jay, and I'm convinced of this, and you noticed because you were a point guard and you were a hell of a scorer. But you also always had responsibility in the back of your mind as a point guard about you got to make the game easier for other people, right? Yep. He doesn't have to do that right now. They took that off his plate. So right now all they're saying is LeBron just go be a raw scorer. All you have to think about is attacking. And I think that's been fun for him because he thinks the game differently, right? He thinks the game as a facilitator, which is ironic because he's going to end up with over 40,000 points but two years from now. By next year, All-Star break, he's the all-time leading scorer in the history of the game. And he never thought like a real scorer. But he gets these runs sometimes where he gets to, depending on who's available to play with him. Right now with AD out, it's been go score. And he's having fun doing that, and that's what he meant by that. So right now, that is how they're operating their offense. I just think still this is a dead end for the Lakers. You don't have an unmitigated disaster as a regular season and then just go and make a run in the postseason in the Western Conference. I agree. You just yeah. don't do he it. 38 and 6 on 35% from three at, at his age. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I got to get to Embiid and the By the, the way, Sixers. he had a triple-double triple last night, didn't score a three. What's that? LeBron James had a triple double yeah, right. last He's night. Unbelievable. 38 yeah, point yeah, triple yeah, double. Didn't you score run three. out of adjectives. Yeah, that fadeaway jumper is flowing right now. Real quick, Tim, before you get out of here, what'd you make of the fact that Embiid and Hard didn't play? Tyrese Maxey looked good, right? And they 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 beat they 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 beat the Heat. I take nothing out of it whatsoever. Nothing. The only way they win that game is because Miami clearly was – they were taken off guard by those guys not playing. They were flat. Look, Maxie was incredible. And if they want to do anything in the postseason, Tyrese Maxey has to be included more like, he, like that level. Look at the game before that. They played Toronto. They lose at home. Tyrese Maxey takes one meaningless shot in the fourth quarter, an uncontested dunk with eight seconds left. That's the only shot he took in the entire fourth quarter. You see what he's capable of. So I don't take anything out of last night. I'm actually just more disgusted by the fact that – and beating Harden sit. Second time Harden has sat against the Heat since he got there. It's just, it's, to me, it's disrespectful to the league, to the fans, and to the regular season. You rendered the regular season meaningless to a large degree by doing that as often as star players do it. And to do that against the Heat, where's your competitive fire in oh, a yeah. marquee game in a regular season to want to go out there and play? I just don't buy it. Sit against Toronto then and play the elite defensive team in Miami. Much more on the Sixers' issues and what it means for the rest of the East next on ESPN Radio Series XM Channel. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.